Would you bet a few thousand dollars that you could sink an eight-foot putt? What about 10 grand that you could win a drag race against a Camaro with a thousand horsepower? If you bet $2 million, could you bet it all on one football game? Maybe you wish you could, but you probably wouldn't. Gamblers is about the people who did. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network comes Gamblers Season 2. Listen now. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. Shield Kapadia here, joined by Ben Solak, ace producer, Cliff Augustine. The Eagles are one win away from getting to the Super Bowl. 38-7 win over the New York Giants. The same score, others have noted this, it's not my original thought, the same score as the conference championship game against the Minnesota Vikings during the 2017 Super Bowl run, which, by the way, was five years ago to the day. Benny Souls, you're looking good. You got a cardigan on. Your hair's done. I don't know where you watch this game or if you just dress uh, up at home on a Saturday night or what, <laughs> but uh, you're you're looking good. You're looking happy. No, no, no. I, so I had church. It's Saturday evening. I had church. And then I was snugged up under a blanket watching this game, and I got out like under like the nice warm cocoon to come record the podcast, and I didn't realize how chilly it was. So I had to grab the cardigan. So yeah, now I'm looking extremely formal for the midnight Saturday podcast, but it's okay. There you go. Well, we know it's 60 degrees in your house, so it's uh, it's okay. You you need to. My office is like chillier. It doesn't get good heat. Whatever. We're not we're not rehashing this. Not on Eagles beat Giants 38 to seven night. There. I mean, just complete domination from start to finish. A game that was over 
At halftime, not close, 28-0. At halftime, Eagles' first drive, they go play action. Jalen Hurts hits Devontae Smith for 32 yards. Dallas Goddard comes in with a one-handed grab for a touchdown. They go 75 yards uh, up and down the field. The defense comes through. Hassan Reddick uh, dominates that first drive. Eagles come back. Another touchdown is 14-0 before you can even, like, wrap your head around what is happening. Jalen Hurts is 7-for-7 for 89 yards. Uh, I don't even know you know, where else to begin with it. I, I thought it was going to be a closer game. I thought the Eagles were going to win. I thought they were going to cover as you and BLG covered. Uh, BLG did a fantastic job, by the way. Uh, I thought this was possible. I was not going to be bold enough to predict it, but this was not a close game in any aspect. One of the most lopsided playoff games uh, you will ever see. What were your overall impressions about what you saw tonight? Yeah, uh, I felt confident the Eagles could get up in the 30s. I definitely thought the Giants would hang around more and would produce more. Um, understandably, a lot of focus on Jalen Hurts and, and, and how he looked and coming back and the health. Understandably, a lot of focus on the line and on the running game. Uh, but I think the, the, the first thing that stands out to me is how well the defense played. Really, really, really impla- uh, impressed. Sirianni got to you with his post-game press conference. See, you're well, leading with the defense. Yeah, no, Sirianni. <laughs> no, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's funny because, like, I'm, like, going through my notes on, like, all right, I got to start with the defense. Like, seven points against the Giants. Like, that's a great outing. And then Sirianni has his line where he's like, I can't believe Gannon gets no respect. No respects Gannon. I was like, well, he gave up. 40 points to the Cowboys like a month ago and you guys might play them next week and our Eagles fans are furious at me for like remembering that that was a thing that happened recently yeah. but we all you know yeah we, we like to have a memory of a week especially off of a playoff win I get that this was interesting yes yeah, Sirianni for those who didn't see it uh kind of went off in his uh in his press conference when asked about the defense um, you know, he said, uh, I can't believe the way some people talk about Jonathan Gannon. And then he just, I mean, he was feeling himself and rightfully so in the press conference. And he says, you know, the way some people talk about Jonathan Gannon. And he said, I won't mention names, but Angelo, uh, Angelo Cataldi, who he, uh, of WIP, who he does the weekly Monday uh, interview with and was saying people around the league call him and ask, like, do people re- there really not appreciate Jonathan Gannon? And so he went on this, like, impassioned speech uh, defending Gannon. Uh, but go ahead with, with the defense, because, th- yeah, this was a, fanta- uh, a fantastic defensive performance. Yeah, so uh, box score-wise, Daniel Jones, 15 for 27, a buck 35, and a pick. Uh, on the ground, Saquon Barkley, 61 carries on nine yards. Uh, 61 yards on nine carries, excuse me. Uh, Daniel Jones, 24 yards on six carries. Extremely impressed by that. Absolutely thought the Giants are going to be able to activate Jones more in the running game, design running game and scrambles. Eagles now, in the two games that they played Daniel Jones in, in the regular season and in the postseason, a tremendous job getting him down, right? And it's funny because, like, one of the most impressive things about Jones this year, who, like, the debate around Jones and his contract kind of got way out of hand, but Jones was absolutely an improved player this season. One of the big focuses, perhaps the number one focus was he's not turning the ball over as much. He's not fumbling in the pocket as much. He's not making as many clumsy knucklehead mistakes behind the line of scrimmage as much. And in the two games he's played the Eagles, you would think it's 2019 Daniel Jones out there. The way that they're able to keep him in the pocket, get him down, that he's 
tripping over Andrew Thomas into sacks, right? They're rushing up the middle on him, and he's just freezing. He has no way to get out. He does get out of the pocket, and Josh Sweat is pursuing him and strip sack, and he's got no idea where he's coming from. Like They do a wonderful job containing Jones, hassling Jones. He doesn't get outside of the pocket. He doesn't run on them, and they generate the turnovers, right? And, and that's that's awesome. Like, you know, it, like... Jones isn't a particularly scary quarterback, but the teams that he beats, he beats because he gets out of the pocket, he runs the football, and he extends. And he doesn't do that against the Eagles now. Two games they played him. Uh, So tremendous work there. They did a nice job in the running game. They played a lot lot of light box. They played a lot of get the pass rush front out there. Uh, Jordan Davis... Was was uh, was very solid when he was in there on their limited uh, uh, like five down front stuff, but they played very physically, stepping up in, in the line and not getting out bullied, which some of the Giants like to try to do. Uh, and then they got the Giants in a ton of third down situations. And then what can you say? James Bradbury with the interception, Darius Slay had a, had a third down stop. They I mean, were Bradbury, yeah. my goodness, just like it's it's rare to see a corner performance like this week in week out. Just like he doesn't, uh, as you say, and uh, you know what do you call your generation? What do you? Gen Z? Gen, Gen Z. He, he doesn't miss? Am I using that uh, correctly? Yeah, he doesn't miss. Okay. He doesn't miss. I mean, he had the one game he oh gives up gosh. the 50 yarder against the Saints. That's the only, like, it feels like that's the only bad play he's had all year. He's just been incredible. But sorry, go ahead, continue. Yeah, no. It was uh, basically when, when we talked about uh, who are players that could have star kind of like, you know, uh, shout out performances, big performances. The guys that, that I, I really circled were James Bradbury and Darius Slay for this game and then for the games following up on that Thursday preview pod because they just need their outside corners to dominate. They, they do. If they want to play the style of defense, they need those guys to just be so, so, so good. And Bradbury and Slay were so, so, so good tonight. Uh, and so defensively, excellent, excellent day against the Giants. I mean, the Giants' only scoring drive was their drive uh, – uh, the second drive out of half, it, t- it was 88-yard drive, 10 plays, took them six minutes, and it was them running the football with, with down 28 points in the third quarter against a defense that was extremely okay, very okay with them scoring that sort of a drive and, and ending it with seven points. Lights-out performance by them. Nine possessions, five punts, two turnovers on downs, one interception, and one touchdown. I mean, they allowed uh, three first downs in the entire first half, which is the sixth fewest by a team in a playoff game in the last 20 years. I mean, I thought, uh, I can't wait to watch the tape on Hassan Reddick. I just felt like every time I looked up, he was dominating. Yeah. He was creating chaos. He was wreaking havoc. He looked like someone who had been waiting his entire career to right, be yeah. like on a stage like this. I mean, he had not played in a playoff game. We know his story. He bounced around Arizona, different coordinators. He's playing one position one year, another position the next year. Then, uh, you know, he signs with Carolina and he has a good year there, but, you know, he doesn't have like a massive mark in free agency and then he comes to the Eagles and has the best year of his career and man he was just going off on the Giants which we knew that was you know him against Evan Neal was going to be a key matchup we thought he could dominate that matchup and he absolutely did from start to with you as long as the game was relevant yeah and he he had good reps against Neal but also and 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 feather in the cap again in here they had a pressure that they liked that they ran a couple times in this they had game some they blitzes would, yeah yeah right they were they were blitzing off that right side a lot and what they would do is uh they they, they sent guys from depth but they would also put reddick opposite evan neal and then they would loop him all the way inside of the a gap right and they would let him come with 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 uh 
velocity and power into the center. They, uh, I can't remember the name of the giant center, forgive me, but they, uh, they walked him back into Jones' lap all game, right? They did a really, really nice job rushing on levels, right? It, not just one guy beating Jones, he's able to move. They had a you know, guy from the interior and then a guy on the outside and just making it tough for Jones to navigate that pocket. Such a well-coached well team in the details, right? And that's where, like, when we get into the, the Sirianni defense of Gannon, Sirianni sees Gannon at 4 o'clock on a Tuesday, right? Sirianni sees Gannon hour in and hour out. And the Eagles are extremely well coached in the details of their defense. They do the little things very well. James Bradbury was asked, like, tell us about your pick. And he was like, saw the formation, recognized that, recognized the concept, knew that it would be quick game, drove on the route. It's just, it's like, like if you watch him, remember the Marshall Lattimore pick six against the Eagles, right? It's the same thing. Bradbury's got his, his his inside foot back, so his hips are pointed towards the quarterback, pointed inside of the slant, and he's got his helmet on the receiver. I think it's I think it's Richie James, but the whole way he's got his eyes on on Jones, and you can just see he takes one drop step and then he's flat. He's ready to go. They they know they're extremely well coached in the details. We get frustrated with Gannon because of philosophy stuff, but in terms of like brass tacks, hour in hour out on a, on on you know in the weekdays in terms of installing stuff, the Eagles defense so 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 well coached. I thought you were going to be a little more giddy, uh, you know, dur- during this this podcast, Ben. They're they're one win away from getting to the Super Bowl here. I feel like you're approaching this analytically. You're giving me X's and O's. I thought you were going to go full like fan mode here. Are you tight? Is it a late night pod? Is it you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch? Are you worried about a, a Shanahan or a Dak, or, or or am I misreading your excitement? Or is this how you generally approach kind of you know the, the playoffs? You don't want to get too high. Firstly. Firstly, my job is this is my analy- the, the approach to talking about what happened in the game is the job, number one. Number two, uh, I'm excited, but this was expectation, right? Beat the Giants. That's true. Right? Win the division right. round. This game upcoming is the game that I've been worried about for You're a long, long, long time. You're already nervous. You're already nervous. Oh, my gosh. This, okay. this game, and, and that's the thing is like, uh, as Jalen Hurts gave his, his post-game interview on the field, he said, you know, we're going to celebrate this game. He said, you know, 24... 24- and then he stopped himself and he went, not 24 hours, maybe 12. We'll spend 12 hours, you know, celebrating this game. He's Jalen Hurts. You can't do 24. We're going to only do 12. We'll spend 12 hours, cel- 12 hours celebrating this game. And then we'll, we'll turn our heads and we'll focus. I'm extremely interested to see who wins this Cowboys-Niners game. And that game upcoming in the link, like, that's going to be the one. I think I was, I was not impressed by this NFC field. I, I was very happy to get the Giants on the draw. I thought they were a much better team than the Giants. A lot of the Giants could do more against them. Like I said, very impressed by the defense. We'll talk about the offense as well, which the offense was uproariously fun. I'll have a good time talking about the offense. Um, but for me, like the reason why I'm not like out of my shoes right now is because I thought this Eagles team would make the NFC Championship game, and they have. Nice. <laughs> this game upcoming is the one where, like, yeah, ha- have a throw the other team out of the building performance have another 38 to 7 nfc championship game and oh man i'll 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 really start to feel it maybe jalen hurts has had like an impact on uh on the eagles fans too just his business-like demeanor like i mean you literally just uh referenced him so maybe that's that uh just to to close the close the loop there 
on the defense. You have Bradbury in addition to that interception you just talked about, had another big hit on third down where if he doesn't make the big hit, it's a it's a first down because the receiver uh, bobbled the ball. So again, he was fantastic. I mean, Slay, Barry, I don't even know if he got thrown at all night. Daniel Jones just you know did nothing five yards per attempt. One interception, you're right. I mean, this really looked like the Daniel Jones who got made fun of for most of his career, not the guy who's gotten credit right. uh, credit this year. And so, uh, you know, credit to the Eagles defense because I will say statistically, the Giants had a very efficient offense this year. Like they found ways to make it happen. They were top 10, top 12, and whatever metric you want to look at, DVOA, EPA per drive. I mean, you looked at them and go, well, how are they actually going to do it? But they found ways to do it because they were well coached and that did not show up at all today. That did not show up at all in either of the games, not counting week 18, but the week 14 game or this game against the Eagles. The Eagles defense just knew exactly what to do. There was a big talent disparity and it looked like the Giants had no chance. You you said it well. It looked like the Giants offense of previous years. All right, let's take a little break here. We will come back, talk some big picture stuff. I want to hear how you feel at this moment in time about whether you want to face the 49ers or the Cowboys, and then we will talk about the offense as well. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. How about this? Jalen Hurts as the starter this year. The Eagles are 15 and 1. 15 and 1 with Jalen Hurts as the starter. And you know, some of the like narratives going into this game, like even Sirianni was asked about this after the game, you know, well, you guys didn't look that sharp down the stretch. And it's like, I understand part of it, but it's kind of like they played with Gardner Minshew for two of those games. And mm-hmm. week 18, I mean, where do we all forget like the approach in week 18? The approach in week 18 was get the win and get out of there healthy. I mean, you played with like the, the smallest playbook you could imaginable. It was like a preseason uh, scheme there. So I think some of that is unfair. I think that's with football and with the NFL, and it's hard to remember, you just should look at the whole sample. It's a small sample anyway. Do you know any of these stats about, well, since week 11 or since week 10, and I'm probably guilty of it. People can probably point out times when I've said this, but unless it's like, oh, in week 10, the X, this player came back or this player got injured. Like those things are obviously fair to look at, but 
Otherwise, you're you're looking at a, a small sample here about kind of the, the way the Eagles played down the stretch. I mean, for the most of the season, they were one of these top four, five, six yeah. teams uh, in the NFL. Jalen's so good, man. I I yeah. he's so good. This on um, like Jalen playing this game again, like relative to Jones, right? Like so much of the. There was, there was a big, like, you know, like, national thrust once, like, the Giants made the playoffs and the Giants beat the Vikings of, like, how good is Daniel Jones? Like, Daniel Jones' contract is upcoming. Like, what sort of contract are they going to give Daniel Jones? And, 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 and one of the consequences of that is we start to, I think, easily lump all, of, like, the non-Mahomes, non-Josh Allen, non-Joe Burrow quarterbacks into, like, one big lump of, like, all right, Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts, two quarterbacks who, like, aren't, like, Patrick Mahomes, but they're both pretty good. This game was such a clear example of how much better Jalen Hurts is than, like, that tier of guys. Yeah, because, like, right. Even with, like, you know, he still doesn't really, like, you know, he took a couple hits to the shoulder. I'm still, you know, kind of every time I'm watching him get up, I got, like, a microscope, a magnifying glass on my TV. Like, is he shrugging at all? You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to intuit body language. But even with that, uh, he's the decide. Like, we, we always talk about it. The decisiveness is so good. The ball was out on time to the correct player constantly all night the uh uh the ability to extend but then not get into bad situations right took the one sack on the corner blitz with the fumble other than that flawless game in terms of mistakes like like the the first third down oh no that wasn't even him that was trevor lawrence i'm 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 mis- i'm misremembering my games i was thinking <laughs> of, of lawrence's near pick no mistakes right it's mistake free decisive football and and usually when a quarterback is that sort of a player? We say he's always a, he's a point guard, right? He's a point guard sort of quarterback. But then Jalen gets involved in the running game, and then Jalen makes throws downfield. And he's just such a good deep ball thrower. Like, he didn't have to do it too much this game, but the Devontae Smith throw, man. Like, it's just, he can put it on the money at 50-plus. He's so impressive. He's so wonderfully good. Then, on like, with, with all of that, all of that, all of that, all of that, to never even think once about the fact that this is this guy's second career playoff game. I didn't think about it once. I didn't like the entire time Lawrence was playing for the Jaguars. I was like, this guy's second career playoff game. Like, you know, this is, this is tough. This is like big, he's in a hostile environment. Jalen yeah. isn't whatever, but then to never like, I like halfway through the fourth quarter, I was like, Oh shoot. This is only his second time here. Like guys don't look like that, man. They don't like, like, like think about Lamar's arc with Baltimore. Think about Herbert's arc with the Chargers, some of these other elite guys. Like the reason why Burrow blew our minds last year is because he was able to get it done in the playoffs in all these gritty situations. Usually these quarterbacks who succeed so much in the regular season, these young guys who who take the reins and they take control of their offense, they get to the playoffs and they experience hiccups. And Hurts did, like last year. Like it wasn't a good game. And then he just, yeah, just Excellent game against the Giants. Just flawless, mistake-free, calm football. It's really, really something else. It's a it's a unique elixir of like skills that are like that we generally haven't. I don't know if we've never seen. I mean, I'm sure we could you know point to some comparisons, but like the things that he does well are like you can't just play some oh it's just like player x we've seen before or player y we've seen before i mean you mentioned it. i mean the deep ball Sirianni made the, to- the michael jordan comparison which i like kind of don't get because jordan was like a little bit nuts <laughs> no he but, like, was, I see he was all saying, over yeah. the place with his comparisons yeah first he was he compared hurts to 
uh, Allen Iverson, and then he had to ask, did, was Iverson considered a shooting guard or a point guard? And someone said shooting guard, and he goes, all right, well, who is the best point guard around here? Uh, you know, to your, you know, what you always say about him pandering, and someone said Mo Cheeks, which was what I was yelling at the TV, and so he said, yeah, he's, he was like Mo Cheeks today because he was saying he was making Pander checks King. at the line of scrimmage, he was doing what was uh, necessary, and then yeah, later I think he was asked about like what does it mean to have Hurts out there, and he was just saying like that. That's your guy. That's your dude. It's like having the Bulls having uh, Michael Jordan out there. Like, you know, you need him. You know, he's the one who kind of leads everything. And so he was making that comparison. So, yeah, uh, Syria was feeling himself and rightfully so. Uh, but he, he was a little all over the place. But Hertz knows exactly what's necessary for each moment. Like, like he comes out uh, tonight, and, and you're right. I mean, a playoff game, home, high expectations, uh, a defense that can do some different things. Not a great defense by any means, but a defense that can do some different things. And he just comes out right away, and there's no like, oh, it's, he's going to have to ease into the game. Like, he comes out right away and is just locked in dime to Devontae Smith, uh, 32 yards off of play action, slant to A.J. Brown. Second possession, scramble. Uh, second possession, he pulls it and runs on an RPO for eight yards uh, on the third drive. I mean, his first incompletion came in the second quarter. They had already had two touchdowns, and he had had seven completions by that point uh, by the time he threw his first incompletion. Then later, he runs for a touchdown. So, uh, I mean, you, I, I was, like, surprised looking at the box score afterwards. I'm like, oh. 16 for 24 for 154, uh, two TDs, nine carries for 34 yards and one TD. I mean, talk about like a box score that just doesn't tell the story of how a guy played and how a guy just kind of rose to the moment and and put not not put the team on his back. He didn't have to do that, but was just like, all right, I know what I need to do in this game and I'm going to do it. And I'm with you with the running. You know, it was all right. It was certainly way more than we saw in week 18. It was part of the game plan. There was the one keep, I think it was early on, where like he was running and he's in space and he does like the spin move, which is kind of like, yeah, go ahead, hit me there. I'm not going to lead with like my right. right shoulder and get hit here. So there's going to be some uncertainty there, but like, that's fine. I mean, it's not like it's not available to you, the run game. And listen, the next game he plays is going to be the NFC championship game to go to the Super Bowl. And he's going to know if I get through this game, I get two weeks off before the Super Bowl. If I lose this game, I get the entire off season off. Like, I mean, if this was... I don't know whatever you want to say. 90% hurts. I mean, I, I think that one, he's just going to uh, kind of cut it loose altogether. So uh, I'm with you. I mean, to, to, to be 15-1 and one with the guy as mm -hmm. the starter and to come out and play the way he did, uh, that, was out, yeah. that was outstanding. It was incurred, and that was part of the mystery. I mean, listen, that was part of the mystery of why at least I, I'm sure you, like you weren't going all in with an Eagles blowout is because of those two injuries, Hurts and Lane Johnson. You just didn't know. Let's see it. Once we see it, we'll know. Hurts plays the whole game. Lane Johnson play, somehow plays the whole game. I mean, there was like a clip early on. You remember this where he, I think it was one of the first snaps and they're showing him and he's kind of like pulling at the, you know, he's yeah. obviously uncomfortable in the groin area. And I don't remember him getting beat the entire game. I mean, we'll see what the film showed, but they gashed him on the ground and I don't remember him getting beat on pass pro. So man, that they, guy, you know, yeah. unbelievable performance. There was, it was so quiet from Leonard Williams, Dexter, Lawrence and Kwon Thibodeau, nothing. And Ojolari, I mean, Ojolari played right. Yeah, I don't, right. Yeah, I don't remember one been, replay of any of those guys. Yeah, this unit, this unit has been a, a driving force for them over the last few weeks. Nothing. Here's a, here's a. I, I'm sorry, this is going to be X's and O's. It's not going to be exciting. So I hope it'll be. All That's right okay. Uh, we got the explanation. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, 
Uh, Seth Walter, ESPN Stats and Info, tweets, uh, Eagles had 33 zone read rushes. I don't really know what they're counting as zone read rushes. I'm assuming it's just anything that looks like Hurts is kind of like reading out an unblocked guy. 33 zone read rushes for 220 yards and two touchdowns. Third most zone read rushes any team has had in any game, regular season, or playoffs since ESPN uh, began tracking in 2011. They averaged 4.6 yards before contact on those plays. Holy smokes. Yeah. Like, I I, I was on a a Colts pod this week, and they were asking me about Shane Steichen, and they were like, what does he run? And I was like, well, he, like, runs the stuff that makes sense for the team. Like, I think that's a good thing, right? He kind of runs the stuff that works for the team. And they're like, what's he like as a play caller? And I was just kind of like, he just runs something that works, and he just never stops. Like, I, it's not like anything. Yeah. They're not reinventing the wheel over here. Like, do you know Do you know why 33 zone reruns is the third most in the past, like, decade plus? It's because usually you're not good enough to just do one thing over and over and over again and beat the other team. That's Army-Navy nonsense, man. It's like, we're so good at the triple option. We can just run this and beat you. Like, it's all the only way we're going to build. Like, in the NFL, you, you can't do one thing that well to beat another team with it by 31 points. It, especially in the playoffs, like the disparity, you never get that level of disparity. And and the Giants have a good front. This wasn't even like, oh, the Giants weak points their front. Like I thought the Eagles would be able to run it on them, but this was astounding, right? I mean, like once Kenny Gainwell goes for a century, yeah. you're doing something, you know what I'm saying? They had a day up front where they're just running... Right, they're, they're running their zone read stuff and they're running their slice stuff, right? Which is um, like the, the tight end goes in motion in the opposite direction of the offensive line. And that's when they'll sometimes pull it and throw that RPO, right? The Dallas Goddard, uh, not the Dallas Goddard touchdown, but there's a third down Dallas Goddard conversion that was on that throw, right? That's where you get, once you get Goddard back and you're throwing that to Goddard instead of Stoll, like they, they, the freedom to make the entire offensive ship out of that is just. It's so simple. It's day one install, and they didn't have to leave it for the entire playoff game in the NFC Divisional Round, and they scored 38 points. And the third string running back at 100 yards. <laughs> how how do you get away with this? Uh, I think it is. I think that is uh, the right answer for someone asking about Steichen. And it's not just Steichen. It's you know probably the entire coaching staff. But they they will lean into stuff and not overthink it. If something is working, we've talked about this throughout the season. I mean, it can be the same play, the same RPO they come back to a million times, the same one-on-one matchup they come back to uh, throughout the course of a game, whatever, the same run schemes they can come back to throughout the course of a game. Like They're, they're not like, hey, we have to get to everything we talked about this week. If something's working, just uh, as Nate Tice would say, spam it. Uh, and, and that's really what they do. 268 rushing yards. We, and we're in what? Minute, minute 27, and we're just starting to talk about the run game. This was the fifth most rushing yards by a team in a playoff game since 2000. I mean, the fifth most. Two, they go, they run for two. Other teams run for 268 yards, and that is the number one. You lead the podcast, and that's number one. And they've just kind of made habit about these monstrous uh, rushing performances that it took us this long. But yeah, Gainwell had the 35-yard touchdown. He goes for 112. Sanders goes 17 for 90. I mean, I thought Miles Sanders was running great in this game, especially like early on. Like he's another guy who just felt like all right, he was waiting right. to kind of just unload. Sanders, me. yes. I I'd bet good money that after the first drive, because Sanders had a couple of early runs where he just was not hitting the correct gap. He was just like eyes down. He was like shoulders down. He wanted to go hit somebody. Like he was clearly like like I think he knew like we're gonna run the football. Like it's gonna be my game. And he stuff. was just like yeah. 
bolsey and red and i guarantee you somebody on the side was just like hey <laughs> chill <laughs> we're good just read it out the way you've always read it out and he comes out on, on a couple of the next drives he's had beautiful runs beautiful cuts it was like okay that's more so what you expect from like Jalen, right like you know, it's yeah. kind of get your sea legs under you <laughs> there were a couple drives and a couple runs of the first drive, I was yelling at the TV. I was like, Miles, please. We got him, buddy. Just cut it up. Just go. And he, and he, he settled in. Miles ran great. Kenny ran great. I tell you. I'm still not a fan Career of... Career like, game. Yeah. I'm not a fan of, like, third and eight Kenny Gainwell t- targets. But Kenny Gainwell runs, man. I mean, he's he's a tough cookie, right? And then they'll get him, like, you know, they'll run, like, first and ten, like, those, like, swing passes. And he, he can make he can t- take on a block a, a tackler in space. You know what I'm saying? He's physical and he's shifty. Gainwell's impressive. And then, obviously, can't not mention Boston oh, Scott after yeah, Giants night. I mean, it's just the disrespect. I thought they'd get him the touchdown in the fourth quarter. I thought they'd do it to keep the meme going. To just throw him out there in the second and be like, yeah, this is our priority right now is to just keep this going. Like, we're, we're, we're kind of over the game. I love that arrogance. I'm into it. It is. Uh, it is <laughs> wild. I mean, the not. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. You keep thinking it's gonna. Every time a new Giants game is about to happen, you're like, all right, it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. again. This Giants game, and then it just uh, it just happens again. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't know how to identify individual performances. It certainly felt like Kelsey was killing people, and it felt like Goddard was killing people to me watching live yeah. uh, in this game. I don't know if you saw anybody else who you felt no, like that. That uh, viral clip of Kelsey is such a good example of, of who he is because the first like step and a half of his block is making that nose tackle feel like he's trying to reach him. He's trying to get to his outside shoulder and the nose tackle is just so worried about it. He just wants to get to the other side of Kelsey, get across face, get across face. And Kelsey just puts one foot in the ground, just tosses him. And it's just Kelsey being smarter than the guy across from him. Like Kelsey has just made a 15 year career at center as one of the smallest guys in the league to play the position by just being smarter than the other guys so consistently. It's so cool. I I don't know if you do this, but like watching these teams come through and like go through division round into the into the championship round, like Eagles and, and otherwise in the AFC, I started thinking about like, okay, if these teams take it to the Super Bowl, who do I want to talk to? What do I want to talk to them about? Like this is an opportunity to really talk about the teams, like what do you want to write about? And I just can't watch this Eagles team and not try to want to talk to Jeff Stoutland and Jason Kelsey and just be like, what's it like to be this much better than everybody else at this? Like, what's it like? Uh-huh. What, how does it feel just every week just be like, oh, we're better than these guys. We're going to be able to beat them however we want. Cool. Because that's what it is. It's, it's unprecedented dominance in the trenches. This line and the way it plays, and they have the advantage of Jalen versus Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. But this line, the way it plays, is better than the 2017 line. No, there's no doubt in my mind. Well, listen, if they are uh, playing in the Super Bowl, not not to flex, but, you know, I know Jeff Stoutland. I can bring you know, when they do the media night uh, and I've only been to one Super Bowl. So this is I'm, I don't want to I'm not want to speak like I'm a I've never been to an actual like, media night at the Super Bowl. The one okay. Super Bowl I went to was a COVID Super Bowl. So if they still do this, the media night, the assistants actually sit in the stands and no one talks to them. And so another reporter, my first media night was like, that's a good place to go. So I can introduce you. I'd say, you know, he has a lot of questions for you, and either he'll answer them or uh, you know, I'll be like, no, nah, I'm good. I emailed Eagles PR preseason. I was like, can I talk to Jeff Stoutland? I want him to be my dad. I love him so much. I just want to write a story about how good he is. And Eagles PR emailed me back with like the PR version of like, Jeff Stoutland would die before he talked to you. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Thanks, thanks. That's awesome. Sick. Appreciate it. Tell him I love him. Bye. So we're going to uh, try I'll that again you- when the Eagles make it. 
I'll send you the long thing I wrote on him a uh, uh, a few years ago, and then uh, and then I, I can introduce you, and we can make the introduction uh, that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's uh, unbelievable job, O-line, unbelievable job, just complete domination. I think Jalen Hurts was pressured, what, three times or something. It said, I'm looking at this next-gen stats. Jalen Hurts gets rid of the ball uh, on average 2.41 seconds in this game. Fast that for is him. his qu- Quickest time to throw uh, of his career, apparently. Yes, if Holy I'm reading smokes. this right. According to Next Gen Stats, that. the, yeah. yeah, the quickest time. Yeah, because it was, I think there came a point where they realized what they needed to do and, you know, they didn't need to use all their stuff uh, in this game when you're up 28 nothing. I mean, that's what I was saying at halftime. There's always that fine line between you don't want to get conservative, but I was like, you don't need to, Hertz doesn't need to be keeping uh, on any of these here in the second half. When you're up, when you're up twenty-eight, nothing here. So that again, he he knows how to play, uh, given the moment, given the circumstances in the game. All mm-hmm. right, the run game we got to, the O line we got to, Hurts we got uh, to. We got to talk defense. We talked about what am I missing? But I got to talk Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I've got that shaved on before a playoff game, which I found extremely bold, but also I respect greatly. I when I saw okay. he was clean shaven, I was like, that's that's a man who has faith in his team. Yeah, I don't right. know. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I don't know about. I my. I'm not an experienced beard person, but from what I know about beards, you don't shave those in a playoff run, regardless. That, uh, doing the 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 slow cocky nod at the camera as it pans past him. Oh this the Eagles are still like up fourteen nothing at the time. This thing isn't settled yet, and he finds the camera and he's nodding at it, and then line up to go for two up twenty seven to nothing. Because we have a timeout to burn just to see if we can make you jump. Which, again, just cocky nonsense. I love it so much. Calls the timeout. Gets barked at by the ref for presumably like being outside of the box. And then as he's walking away from the ref, tells him he knows what the fuck he's doing and he's allowed to be there. Nick is very excited to be coaching playoff football in Philadelphia. It's it's sick. It's really it, It's so funny to go from that Jags char- uh, Chiefs game where ex-Eagles coach Andy Reid and ex-Eagles coach Doug Peterson are facing one another and like the Chiefs score an insane Patrick Mahomes touchdown and the camera cuts to Andy. What's Andy doing? Just straight face, one finger up in the air. We're going for extra extra point, right? That's whatever. And then like, you know, the Jags score a touchdown to get it within three and they cut to Doug. What's Doug doing? Just straight face, one finger in the air. And then here we get Nick Sirianni who like the Eagles score... A like five yard touchdown pass on a screen to Devontae Smith, and they cut to the sideline. He and Shane Steichen are like shoving each other onto the field. It's so freaking fun, man! They're awesome. Cliff, I need I need to get you in here uh, on uh, on this as well. I mean, there were a couple other things I noticed as well. You're right. Yeah, that that clip of him yelling at the refs. <laughs> that has gone uh, relatively viral. Oh, You're smokes! Right. The Sixers beat the Kings. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't even following that game. Let's go. <laughs> Him and Steichen uh, pushing each other. You mentioned it. The nodding. I mean, my wife was like appalled. Like, what is going on here? When he just got the close up, looking at the camera, and was nodding his head there. Uh, there were a couple. I thought early on the camera, Cliff. I, I don't know if anyone else caught this. Caught Sirianni. He like spit. But the wind, it's the old don't spit into the wind type deal. Mm. And I think it blew it right onto his like jacket or whatever. <laughs> and he was wiping it off. That was uh, one other thing. 
I noticed there. But uh, Cliff, you were looking at what uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's uh, TikTok or Instagram? No, it was it was his gram. He went live right after the game. And Chauncey Garner Johnson, for some reason, has a Dream Chaser chain. Obviously, everybody knows Meek Mill started Dream Chasers. If you're from Philly, I, I don't know how you don't know that. But Meek Mill started Dream Chasers, and he was wearing a chain uh, in the locker room, kicking it with everybody, and just he took Pander into a new level, man. Like I love this guy. I'm all for it at this point. Pander King, baby. Yeah, like at, at this point, I'm I'm all in on it. You can't hate this guy. Like compare the three: Doug, Andy. And uh, and Nick Sirianni, yeah, Nick, his yeah. level of pandering is crazy. Doug is lovable so, in like grandpa way. Sirianni yeah, yeah, is lovable yeah. in like drunk uncle way. It depends on what sort of family gathering I would like to be in at the time and who I want to hang out with, right? But can I, I would raise the stakes here. I cannot raise the stakes. Yeah, here? what what? If he wins the Super Bowl, does he take over as the most lovable Eagles coach? Uh, oh, does he I depends. What does he do when he wins the Super Bowl? That's what I'd like to see. Because in my scary head, to think about. a Sirianni who wins the Super Bowl is going to swan dive off the stage that's created with the Lombardi and like crowd surf. In which case, yes, right. All Doug did was call Philly special and go for on fourth down against the Patriots. No, so no, some of it man, is, is, is the context did, of it. All Doug did was just win the first Super Bowl in yeah. the Eagles history. Man, that's let's not let's not minimize what he did here. But what I'm saying is Sirianni would definitely dive off of that bus and dive into the crowd <laughs> and hang out with everybody and walk the rest of the way from Broad Street over to the Art Museum. Would he not do that? Cliff, you know why? Yes, he, first of all, he absolutely, yeah, him during a parade. I mean, I, I don't know what that would even uh, be and, like. But. And he would, he would stop at the corner store to get a cheesesteak on the way there too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think the reason that like Eagles fans are feeling even more of a and I think Eagles fans love uh Doug Peterson. So until Sirianni wins actually wins the Super Bowl, that I don't think that's going to be a conversation, but I think the connection there is because like Sirianni is going to be hated by the rest of the every other fan base. Your oh, buddies yeah. who are Giants fans, your buddies who are Cowboys, whatever, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, I freaking hate your like they are going to hate your coach." Like I don't think those those fan bases didn't hate Doug Peterson. Uh you know, they probably made fun of Andy Reid or whatever. Like he is a hateable head coach if you are another team. I mean, look at think if the roles were reversed here, what your Eagles friends well, would, I would be saying. I, I could about, not stand you would him hate if he were the guy. head coach of the Cowboys. Oh my god. He would drive me up the wall. <laughs> I guarantee you the whole New York tomorrow is oh. so angry at Oh yes. It's so angry at Sirianni tomorrow. Oh my but Dave will be doing some of the same type of stuff. Not too. to Smoke this degree. Cigar. Not to no, this degree. Yeah. Dable Dable Dable's not jumping around on the cold sideline screaming, This was for Frank Reich. Look, my my man walked out the walked out the stadium smoking cigars in the parking lot. Come on, you can't tell me that's not yeah. a different level of cockiness though that a coach mm-hmm. you know hasn't showed in when's the last time you saw a coach smoke a cigar I, in the think like, Since right. Vince Lombardi? As but like as coaches generally get younger, and then also as like a younger generation, right? Like a Gen Z generation comes into the league. Coaches are more comfortable, like, like being cocky and like doing fun things and like doing sound bites or whatever, because like it it plays a lot better than it used to. It absolutely does. Uh, Sirianni doing it, just like I said, with his kind of like fuddy nutty drunk uncle energy, is what kills me. Right? Like Sirianni with the chain was taking me out, man. He was just not really sure what to do with his hands. It was so fun. Now, can I show this on a serious note, though? Yeah. Um, now, the Eagles are set to face either the 49ers or the Cowboys, right? Yeah. We have to be rooting for the Cowboys to come to the link and get smoked. Well, good. I wanted to get this question. I wanted you two to answer I'm, this I'm, question. 
no, I'm asking y'all. I'm oh, asking okay. y'all. But are we hoping for the Cowboys just for the rivalry factor, the hypeness of that game, the level of intensity that's going to happen? At the, I mean, I'd be scared for the city if the Eagles beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. Right. I, I, that that celebration would be crazier than winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. If you could guarantee me a win, I want the Cowboys. I think in general, I still do want the Cowboys because I think Niners are better than the Cowboys. I think the Eagles match up better against the Cowboys than they do against the Niners. I think the Eagles are more likely to beat the Niners or yeah, more likely to beat the Cowboys. The the fear in my heart of the Eagles losing the NFC Championship game at home to the Cowboys makes me almost want the Niners just to avoid that that possibility. Ever five percent chance, whatever it is, like that alone is so distasteful, so repugnant to my sensibilities. Yeah, like I just I almost want to avoid the path entirely. So I think I think you root Cowboys because I think that you beat Cowboy. They think you beat the Cowboys at home. I think you match up better against them. I've said on this show before. I've said on other shows before. If it comes down to Eagles Niners. NFC Championship game. I think that line's going to be about dead even, and I think that I would probably pick the Niners on it, uh, just with with with, with it, the way the two teams look. Obviously, we're going to see what the Niners look like in this game against the Cowboys. We don't know what their health situation might end up being, so there's a bunch of stuff that can change. But as of Sunday morning at 12:40, that's what I think. So I want the Cowboys. I really, really, yeah. really, really, really don't want to lose to the Cowboys in Philly in the <laughs> NFC Championship game, though. Shil, let me ask you the same thing. Do you would you rather have the Cowboys or would you rather have the 49ers? Well, you know, I root for content. I root for what's good for the pod, what's good for the writing. And I mean, Eagles Cowboys <laughs> in the NFC Championship game, like that's easy to me. Like that, that's what I would be uh, you know, most excited about covering go, going to cover that game, get my fluids, you know, drink drink the Gatorade this week. Drink it's some emergency, line. man. Come on. Like, I know. Load up on yeah, emergency. no, I'll be I'll be good. What, what's a, what's emergency? You never heard emergency? You never had the little of emergency. Yeah, I've, like the emergency. I've, I have no idea what you're packet. talking about. Oh, what is it, vitamin geez. C and zinc? Um, yeah, so but this like would have been helpful like four days ago. I mean, where you guys been? Well, I thought you would know what emergency <laughs> is. It's 2023. Um, it's like a packet. You get it's like, like all the pharmacies. It's like buy the cold things. You walk past it, and you put it in water and you stir it in, and it's like a huge inundation of vitamins. It's like vitamin C and like zinc and like magnesium and whatever, all the stuff you need to get better. It tastes horrible. But it's good stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. So it helps you? It shortens your duration of sickness? Yeah, and it brings back oh. some of your energy, too. Back when I used to work at summer camps, like like sleepaway camps, for like like two-week sessions where you just got like, like seven 10-year-olds in your cabin, emergency was... <laughs> that was good stuff because you were fighting off horrendous germs and you were tired. <laughs> you needed it. Does it have it's probably some weird stuff in there though? Listen, I'm I, my age. You can't be putting the weird stuff in your body. I'll, listen, I'll get some medical professionals uh, to look at it and maybe uh, get a look at it. But no, to answer your question, uh, Eagles Cowboys would be the more fun story to me, no doubt about it. Either way, wh- whatever happens, that would be a more fun matchup. Now, if you were an Eagles fan friend asking me, Shield, who do you think? The Eagles, like in their building, should be rooting for. I swear, Ben and I uh, disagree. And you know, this might look really stupid when you, li- when some of you are listening to this podcast, where we all already know the result of the game. But if I'm the Eagles, I would rather see the 49ers than the Cowboys. I don't, I don't want to see uh, Dak Prescott coming in there with having already seen this defense with the possibility of scoring, you know, 35 to 40 points. Now the 49ers could absolutely don't do let that Nick well. Sirianni hear you say that I now know. about, you know, scoring <laughs> points against Gans defense never happens. 
49ers could do that as well. There's no doubt about it. And they've got the better defense. But uh, I don't know. I'll just stick with what I've been saying for six weeks. Like, if you can't beat Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy's played well, well, maybe not so much last week, but if you can't beat Brock Purdy at home to go to the Super Bowl, then you don't you don't deserve to go to the Super Bowl. So that's how I, I phrase it. Well, I hear you. But the problem is that if Brock is playing against the Eagles next week, it means that Brock has won seven consecutive games. Yeah, and in those seven consecutive I'm not games. a pushover. Yeah. Right. In those seven consecutive games, he has often looked quite bad. And it just simply just not mattered. And that's like matter, I just yeah. I like I like I if you if you tunnel it on Dak versus Purdy, absolutely I'd rather play Purdy. The second we widen this and I have to choose between playing Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon IU, Christian McCaffrey, as opposed to like this era, Zeke, Dalton Schultz, CD Lamb, and Michael Gallup. I know where I'm at, right? And the Cowboys are shuffling their offensive line again. They're still shuffling their secondary. Like the, the Niners are extremely healthy on both sides of the ball. Besides how much that matters for the Eagles, the Niners are generally have all of their starters on offense and defense. I do not want to play, face that that Niners defense as well. Like I that's that is a sort of that's the best defense in the league. The Eagles have avoided it to this point. The best defense that they've faced by like DVOA and EPA has probably been the Cowboys, and we've they've scored points against that Cowboys defense with Gardner Minshew and with Jalen Hurts. I yeah. there's a devil you know to that true. that I'm much more comfortable with. That's now, true. Now one one more thing. Um, I was thinking about the matchup. I know Sirianni praised John Gannon today in the press conference. Like people call this man up for advice and tips and. You know, he's going to be a head coach in Canada coming up here in the offseason. But do we really think that Gannon could out-scheme Kyle Shanahan? That's this, and that's going to be the question. That's the, <laughs> right. that's that's what the I'm question on that's every what Eagles fan's for. mind. No, yeah, that's the question on every Eagles fan's mind. If that ends up being uh, the matchup, Gannon versus Shanahan will absolutely frighten Eagles fans for the week, regardless of how well you think the Eagles uh, defense has played. So we'll see. We'll be able to get into that, whatever the matchup is uh, early in the week, but uh, we'll see which team that's the going to be. The main thing right. you're rooting for is an overtime game. We're going to take 70 minutes, all right? We don't root for anybody <laughs> to get injured. Obviously, that's too far. But 70-minute game, we want lots of scoring back and forth, okay? We want players running around. We want bad coaching decisions. We want, to, like, you know, we want Maher to miss more kicks. Kind of get some psychological warfare in there. You want just generally a That's long, true. chaotic I forgot game. about that. Yeah. Yeah, Eagles fans would be brutal to a Maher if he is, uh, if he is in there. That is going to get uh, very ugly if he's coming to the link. So we'll see what happens there. All right, a couple housekeeping notes I had here. Was anyone watching the Fox uh, pre-game show here where Rob Gronkowski called Shane Steichen Shane Spikeman and should we just call him Shane Spikeman uh, going forward because I thought that was pretty good never asked me he did if I was watching a okay. Fox pre or post game tele- television program again okay no but I yeah I'll call him Spikeman that's pretty you awesome call him Shane Spikeman okay we'll do yeah. that uh Eight, this actually, uh, I don't know if it's a serious one or not, but A.J. Brown, uh, at the end of this game, it was weird. He uh, hurts overthrew him on the deep ball. That could have been a uh, touchdown there. He gets up. I don't know if he came out of the game right then, but then he came out of the game. He's on the bench. He did not look happy. They show Sirianni kind of going over there, looking to whatever, calm him down or um, whatever it was. Uh, Brown didn't seem to really be 
receiving that uh, that well. So I don't know what that's about. If it's just a, a matter of hey, he didn't get the uh, you know the touches or have the game that he thought he was going to have, whether it's injury related, where it's something else. But that was the one weird thing to kind of come out of this uh, Eagles game. I, I thought I, I don't know yeah. what you guys thought about that or whether you saw anything else on it. So there were a couple times this game where he got up a little slow. So I don't know if he was just like banged up and then pissed that he was banged up, right? I think like that that can be annoying. He always uh, does that though. I feel I feel like every game, like when he goes down, yeah. I, I can really relate to that as an old man. Like when you go down, yeah. it takes time to get up. Yeah, I'm with that. That's tough. All right. <laughs> um, I would also guess that like you know, AJ probably didn't want to have what like four catches for 30 yards in his first playoff game for the Eagles. I'm imagining he wanted to have. Uh, several more for a lot more and for a score, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, three for 22 on six targets. Just a quiet day for AJ. I think that's just generally frustrating. Like, a thing that I think is easy for us to forget watching from the outside is like the Eagles won by 31 and AJ's going to be happy about that to an extent, but he's going to feel like he should have produced more independent of the fact that they won by 30. That's just kind of like the kind of weird, crazy mind of a competitor. You know what I'm saying? And a wide receiver. Yeah, especially a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to make too much about it unless we hear more about it and like we see him on the injury report or whatever. I will say that like I expect AJ to have a very good game next week. If the large, you know, if a lot of this 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 kind of feeling that he was given and the vibe he was sending off, at least on, on the on the camera on the on the broadcast, was just frustrating because he didn't perform very well. Yeah, I think AJ is going to have a good game next week. There you go. Yeah, no, I, I mean, in, in both those matchups, I mean, neither of those teams have two great corners. So somebody is going, one of those wide receivers is going to have a nice mismatch, uh, regardless of whether you play the Cowboys or the Niners. Uh, listen, Howie deserves credit for this game. There was a there was a big talent disparity on the field at Lincoln Financial Field tonight. And a lot of the guys who played well for the Eagles were draft picks. Jalen Hurts, Kenny Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, all homegrown players. And they add vets like Hassan Reddick, A.J. Brown, James Badbury. I mean, theoretically, anybody could have had those guys. And so uh, I'm sure we'll continue to talk about the uh, roster construction here. But like th- this was, in addition to a coaching win, uh, this was certainly a talent win as well all right i think i just have a last note here a shout out to blg uh shout out to blg great job right. guest spotting uh with you during the week i thought his take on stuffed crust pizza was outstanding like i agree like sometimes you just you know i don't like i'm not a big stuffed crust pizza guy i actually thought the the pizza hut pan pizza as a kid I, you did you guys do book it at your schools, or are you you're probably did, too young I for that? Oh, you it. did do book I'm it. Old enough, I'm old enough for book it. And I was like a little, little. I mean, okay. it was a um, was book back, it. back in the day when the first house we lived in was in West Oak Lane, and there was a Pizza Hut on Broad and um, gosh, what was that? Broad in like 69th Street or something like that. It's like right at the top of Broad Street near Shawnham Mall. We used to go to that Pizza Hut all the time. <laughs> you know, book it when you read your books or whatever. You get the little coupons. Yeah, yeah, we would go. We would hang out in there. Me and my friends, my sisters, all that, hang out in there, play some games. Little arcade in there, right? They had a little yeah, arcade yeah, room. Yeah, yeah that one we went the to too. Pan pizza. Oh yeah. yeah, that threw it back. That threw it back for me. That's why I love when Ben brought up the fact that people were too good for Pizza Hut, and I'm like, since when? Like Pizza yeah. Hut is actually oh, Pizza is actually solid pizza. Like nowadays, everybody's too good for everything now, and they're trying to ask for pizza recommendations around the city. And I'm like, look, Philly's a great city for pizza but there's a million other foods that you want to try in Philadelphia. 
before you get pizza. I, I, actually, I actually thought you weren't willing to go as far as something that I have thought for a while, which is that What's like it, it's not the greatest city for not that there's no good pizza in Philadelphia, yeah. but I feel like it's different than like like a like a New York City where you just anywhere you're stopping, you're getting a great right. slice. Like you can't there are more bad pizza there's more bad pizza in Philadelphia than some other cities. Although there is some great pizza. Santucci's was was my jam this. when I was living in the city. If I were starting a city from zero, government gives me just some land and I get to start a city from zero <laughs> and I have to make a call. Are we gonna be a good pizza city or a good hoagie city? It's good hoagie, no question, right? And so, like, this New York-Chicago propaganda, like, oh, we have great pizza. Yeah, like, congrats. <laughs> like, do sandwiches better. That's way more versatile mm-hmm. and way more filling and way more fun. So, overall, coming out on top. You don't realize the bread, the, the lack of a quality bread until you're, yes. you don't have it around. Like, when I was in Seattle, you couldn't get a good, a good bread uh, anywhere. Though. Yeah, I'm with it. Like, you, it doesn't have to be, like, the greatest pizza, but sometimes someone might be in a mood. Like, I would do a Pizza Hut lunch buffet in college. $6? We're spending three hours really? in there? I'm going home, falling asleep on the recliner until I wake up for dinner? Like, come on. What, what's better living uh, than that? So, listen, the stuffed crust, was it a little weird that they're, you know, at the facility? facility and they're ordering stuffed crust uh, pizza maybe a little weird but I, i'm with you uh my guy rich hoffman from the athletic we used to have a rule like anyone who has like snob or something you know in like their twitter profile like so, something something snob like come on it's not yeah, for yeah, us right. just you know let people Sirianni's like what be, they want to like is gonna be in the post game press after they beat the cowboys 54 to 5 and he's gonna be like <laughs> and people are still talking to me about Pizza Hut, and I've got we have a new sponsor, and they're gonna like pull down the backdrop. It's gonna be like yeah. Pizza Hut interlaced with the Eagles. And he's gonna go to town on it, man. It's gonna be Sirianni's new uh, new thing. You and, know what Twitter what Twitter profile people are the worst snob or enthusiast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have some snob <laughs> or some enthusiast in your profile, like which one's worse? But I need I need to vote on this. Which one's worse? I'll tell you, we're uh, alienating. I, a I don't good like snobs. Not listenership right now. Y- yeah. No, no, yeah. we're not. No, no we if you have stuff in there, really, it's okay. We yeah, we you. welcome the snobs, but you know, maybe you know, word that a little different. Enthusiast is is you know, you're not excluding anyone with enthusiasts. You know, you're saying you really okay. like something, so I would say snob uh, would be worse. And then last thing I had on my notes here, Cliff, I was feeling like you, like you were saying your friends sometimes text you about something Ben said, and then you have to take the heat for it. Like I was getting that with uh, Solak. You're like uh, you, you're gazing up the Giants' wide receiving core. Everybody's yelling at me. You're making those guys sound like Jerry Rice. And that was Solak. That was. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like throw you under the bus, but I was taking some heat for that. Just want to let you know. Richie James, seven for 51, baby. <laughs> they kept they, Daniel Jones. They broke Daniel Jones' little brain, man. I mean, DJ could not get it done. I'm now scrolling through and judging your guys' Twitter bios, by the way. Lot of lot Mine's lot very of, basic. Just where here's uh, where I worked. Here's how you can say, no, no, there's a lot, there's a lot, this is good journalistic ch- chest puff in there from Shield. Podcasting and writing <laughs> ringer at ringer slash Spotify. Previously at the athletic. At ESPN, <laughs> at Philly Mag. Okay, we get it. You're good at this, Shield. Relax. Whatever. No, that's like, all right, this guy cannot stay with the same job for more than two years. So, so that's what it is, you know? So that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, all. So, so Ben, there. real quick, on the Giants receiving, after Richie James gets to seven receptions, Saquon Barkley, two receptions. Matt Bryder, yep. one reception. Marcus <laughs> one reception. Lawrence Kagan, one reception. Darius Slayton, one reception. Bellinger, one reception. Yep. Hodges, one reception. I mean... Just in jail. If Jones could have hit Slayton on, he got Bradbury on that one, but Jones can't hit him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. No, That's they true. um, 
Their uh, their their defense is something else, man. They're so talented. I like you know. Um, Schefter's doing that thing today where like once a team got eliminated, he's tweeting out all their free agents, and it made me think about how like terrified I'm gonna be when he does that for the Eagles whenever it comes. It's gonna be like James Bradbury, yeah. Johnson, Johnson, they really do have Jay a lot Hart of guys. Right. It's, right, but it just, it just reminds you like holy smokes, the talent they got, man. It's it's something. I'm doing an A.J. Brown Twitter search. I don't see um, any reporting or quotes from after that game. So we'll find, maybe it might be nothing. Maybe there's uh, nothing there, but we'll follow up with that when we come back and pod. All right. I think that's all I had on my list. Benny Souls, Cliff, did I miss anything? Are we good here? Good. We'll yeah. watch Cowboys to go to, 49ers. I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah, good yeah. to go to sleep. We'll wake up. We'll watch Cowboys 49ers tomorrow. Sixth we'll fit, NFC we'll, Championship game of my lifetime for the Eagles. It's like it's, it's good. Twenty wild. I was just my, looking uh, at this. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, since uh, 2000, so that's what 2000 to two, that 2022. That's 23 seasons. They've been in there yeah. seven times, I believe. Right? Oh one, oh uh, so two, one two, three, oh, three four, five, six. This is seven. Yeah. Seven yeah. in 23 years? Like, whew, man. Like, yeah. Jeffrey, listen, Jeffrey Lurie might take some heat for some stuff, but that's like kind of an unprecedented stretch that, you know, you could live uh, live to be 100 and you might not see another stretch of seven championship right. games I mean, in 23 seasons. Since 2000, they've missed the playoffs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. That yeah. I mean, like I, I I can't do the googling fast enough, but they're probably they got to be the most playoff successful NFC team since two thousand, right? Good Maybe. question. I mean, it depends how you're judging it by how many times they missed. I mean, the well, Seahawks let's judge it by like there. how many times they make the conference championship games. So if we do it another way, yeah. we're not gonna it's yeah. not gonna go well for us. So we gotta, I'm gonna we gotta, do some of this research. I'm yeah. gonna write about the Eagles uh, on the Ringer this week, so I'm gonna have some sort of big picture thoughts along with thoughts on uh, on this team. So I'll, I'll do some of that research and bring it to a pod this week. All right, we'll figure out a pod schedule for this week. We'll see who their opponent is. We'll figure out when we want to come back on. We'll of course have it all covered since we started this pod gentlemen phillies get to the world series union get to a championship and the eagles are in the nfc championship maybe this is the six sixers five and oh on this road trip maybe this is going to be the 18 and four don't don't yeah i'm gonna say don't forget in the last like 21 games they're 18 and three or something like fire maybe this is the the different version of them i just got a just had a big W in sacramento tonight to the third place uh western conference king without Embiid or harden oh yeah so, All right, don't do this to me. I'm not going to be able to sleep. Right. <laughs> Here's the problem, Shield. I started the pod on the stool. I was sitting, and that's why I didn't have the juice. Now I started to stand up in the middle of the pod, now I got the juice. Now I'm excited. Yeah, this now your enthusiasm has lifted. I should have been think. standing from the jump. That's on me. <laughs> that's okay. All right. All good. Thanks to everybody for listening. Remember, if you have a question for the Thursday 10, just tweet it out. Use the hashtag Ringer Philly. If you just tweet at us and you don't use the hashtag Ringer Philly, we're not going to see it because I just click on that and I look at all the ones. So uh, do that or just leave it as a review. We appreciate everyone leaving the reviews. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want to leave those reviews. Those are appreciated. Eagles, they got at least one more week. They might have two more weeks. We will find out. We'll talk about it this week. We'll have it all covered. Thank you to Benjamin Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine. We will be back soon on the Ringers Philly Special.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.